0: Warning! This podcast does not contain actual virgins. Discretion is advised. I'm Leah Bross. And I'm Lindsay Schaefer. And this is
1: Movie Virgins, a weekly discussion, sometimes bi-weekly discussion, depending on how I'm feeling. Sometimes every six months. But it's a discussion of our first times with movies. Each week, one of us is re-watching the film and the other is seeing it for the very first time.
0: Yes. Oh, this week.
1: (laughs) And this week. This week,
0: I chose the film. And I chose an amazing, a classic, 2000s vertical limit so Uh
1: i'm gonna do my Uh my best stefan voice this movie has everything mountain climbing yeah chris o'donnell Uh murder revenge bill paxton i wouldn't say murder Murders There's a, a bit fucking harsh. legitimate murder
0: in this movie. There's not a legitimate yes, murder. Yes, there is. What are you talking about? Bill Paxton murders the guy. He doesn't, I mean, that's not he really murder. He gives him a he pulmonary was embolism, putting him out of his misery. Look, he, he was, was gonna die. Straight
1: up murder. bro. He was gonna die.
0: Straight. He was gonna die. Up, gonna die up murder. You know what? Manslaughter at best.
1: <laughs> Put him out of his misery. Yeah. So, like, if you he wasn't gonna make it, Leah. I'm feeling really awful today. Like, my head really hurts. And
0: also, that guy. That guy didn't even cover his ears with his hat the entire time he was on the mountain. So come on. Like he already, to he's already die. Yeah, he's an idiot.
1: So Lindsay, I want you to talk to me about your first time with this okay. movie, but first can you tell me what is your vertical limit?
0: My vertical limit? <laughs> yeah. I personally prefer to be lying down at all times. Oh. So there isn't really like an above sea level vertical limit for me. Like I I just I don't have one. I am. Um, <laughs> I feel like I'm dying all the time. Okay. I it does. I don't have to be at twenty six thousand feet. I'm just like already.
1: You're dying. always like. <sighs> 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 Cause I kind every- of
0: am sometimes. And we used to we we being Vicky and I because yeah. this is one of our movies. Oh Jesus! Of course. And thanks uh, a lot, Vicky. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up. Uh, definitely any time throughout the last 20 years that any of us have had, like, a cold or something and you can't breathe, we have definitely screamed at each other, give me
2: the (laughs) dicks!
0: 100%. I still, to this day, I just am getting over a cold right now. And yeah, when I have breathing difficulty, sometimes it does come back into my head of, like, I need the (laughs) dicks! I need it! Which is funny, not funny, haha, but funny, like, it's dexamethasone is making a huge comeback as a drug of choice for uh, COVID treatments now.
1: Oh, that's right. I so, hadn't thought about that. It's,
0: I mean, it's just a corticosteroid. Right. But, but there are, I wouldn't say scandals, it's not a doping scandal, but there, there are a lot of people over the last handful of years who've suspected that a lot of climbers are using it inappropriately, um, more so on Everest, which is dumb because you acclimatize on Everest more so than you mm. do on other mountains, but... Side note.
1: So what yes, talk so, to me about what First was time
0: it, Theater. Theater.
1: Two thousand you would have been in high school?
0: I uh, yeah, senior in high school. Um I remember it came out in the winter because I remember when we walked out of the theater, it was so cold. And that was, you know how when it's so, so cold and you breathe in the cold air and it hurts, it it burns. And I remember as we were leaving the theater and walking to the car, we were going like, I need the decks now because it was like 15 degrees outside.
1: So what drove Um, you to watch this in the theater?
0: I, first of all, Robin Tony. I, huge fan of Empire Records. Mm, Yeah. Just had an
1: anniversary, I believe. It did, yeah. yeah. And, and and Rex Manning Day just Rex Manning Day we just, just occurred. I ex- uh, celebrated that on April eighth. Yeah.
0: Abby so
1: belated Rex Manning Day to you.
0: And honestly, she, she wasn't in a whole lot of stuff. The craft, the craft, and and Empire Records—the are the only things that I can really Those are the big pinpoint. Ones. And then Vertical Limit. This movie was coming out, and I saw she was in it, and I was like, oh yeah, I really like her. And it's something different. Uh, you know, it's not like a standard. I don't know. Shoot up action movie. It's not like a buddy cop movie. It's not, you know, kind of a traditional action thriller. Um, but you so do it seemed remember more interesting Cliffhanger, right? I never saw a Cliffhanger because I thought it looked dumb. You haven't seen Cliffhanger? No, because I'm not really. I Look, I like Sylvester Stallone. And you like climbing. So I didn't really like climbing then, though. I didn't really care Okay. Much about it, or know anything about it? Got it. Um, and you would have been pretty young when that
1: came out too. That was like seven years before, I think, in '93. It was definitely
0: in the '90s. I know. Mean, yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: And then the Ace Ventura Pet Detective Two, where they spoof the beginning of Cliffhanger. Did they?
0: I don't even remember that. Yes. I only the only thing I remember incredible. about the second Ace Ventura is him being birthed by the rhino. Was it? <laughs> That's like the only thing that sticks out to me. About yeah, that it's movie.
1: at the beginning of it. But anyway, uh, so, so so you I, decide to go because yeah, Robin like it,
0: it looked. I liked her, and it looked like a kind of fun, different, just you know, fun action movie. Two hour long action movie. So I did not remember it being that long. It's really fucking yeah. Long. I didn't remember it being that long, but it didn't. I don't think it felt that long. I don't think it felt that
1: long. I didn't think it. There were some moments where it was dragging for me, but the very first thing I did when I turned on the movie was check to see how long it was, and I was like, fuck you, Lindsay. I did
0: not remember it was that long. When I sat down on the couch with the dog, I even looked at him and said, two hours
1: and five minutes,
0: what the (laughs) fuck? Because I was thinking, in my mind, it was like an hour and a half long movie. Yeah,
1: it seems like it should be a ninety minute
0: action movie. So, So I did not remember it was that long. But yes, saw it in the theater in the middle of winter. It was really cold. It was entertaining to me there are a lot of there was a lot of stupid shit which is the kind of you know fun stupid shit that when you go to a movie with your friends all of a sudden you turn it into a fun joke and like it becomes a thing and i don't know why it became a thing with us other than there was enough little stupid shit and enough legitimate entertainment too that it just i don't know it just stuck for whatever reason it stuck i think a big part of it is that it was different because it's on a mountain, mm-hmm. you know that you still have. It does have everything. It has. It literally has. It everything. has action, adventure, and like you know, sweet family story, and like getting mm-hmm. over grief, and and also revenge. murder and revenge, <laughs> <laughs> right? Um, oh, yeah. and it, I'd say the only thing it didn't have. Was there sex. was a bizarrely weird romance thing kind the, of wedged in. Not
1: really a romance, no, but they tried I don't, to force I don't know it. why that just dumb as fuck. I know.
0: I really like that character. I really I The French Canadian lady? Love she's and great. Always remember anytime I hear French Canadian that's exactly what I think mm-hmm. is someday she's French and she can or sometimes she's, she's Canadian, Canadian and she's she really can be nice. quite pleasant and today she's obviously French. Yeah. And that's how I picture all French Canadians now. Because of Vertical Limit. Mm-hmm. I just assume they're all like that. Yeah. Oh,
1: I always just picture like a fur trapper with a big beard. <laughs> Somebody named Pierre. Weird, but okay. <laughs> so you mentioned Robin Tunney. And oh, you- can
0: I also say, yes. I'm pretty sure I saw it in the theater two or three times. Oh, God. So just FYI. And then owned it on video.
1: You liked it that much?
0: Yeah, because somehow it became a thing. Again, I'm not saying that it was a great, great movie that I had but to see because it was, was so good. It just you just, just really liked it, clicked. It. Yeah, yeah, for whatever reason, it clicked. I get, and I, I got think you. also, like, let's be real. We got Bill Paxton. We got Scott Glenn. Like, we have good people. There were some
1: good people in it,
0: yeah. And some really good moments, and some fun to watch. And the first five minutes is just amazing. Like. We need to talk about this. We can. First, we can talk about it. Just amazing.
1: It's is amazing. Not the it first is... thing that popped into my head when I was watching it. What popped into your head? Well, first, I need to. Let's pause on the first five minutes because you've left out the most important person, Chris in Chris O'Donnell. Movie. My God, woman,
0: Chris O'Donnell. So I think this is prime where Chris are my O'Donnell? O'Donnell. Heads at this is this is great, Chris O'Donnell when he's like. <laughs> He's, he's not allowed to be super like he can be a little bit over the top because it's like an action movie right. so it doesn't stand out as weird as it often does in sure. some of his more dramatic roles mm-hmm. um he's still at a good age perfe- this
1: is the perfect age is, he's at the perfect age right he looks is, old enough that you could fuck him not too young that he's like still in high school right yes that's
0: fair that's yeah. where you
1: want and that's a sweet spot yeah you know that 25 26 maybe I don't like
0: the like I've never thought of Chris O'Donnell as a good um leading man I don't find him particularly sexy but in something like this where he's like a guy who's just trying to help save his sister I buy that
1: he's a really great boy next door yeah he's a wonderful boy next door yeah um and (laughs) I've never seen this movie obviously I was a big O'Donnell head from I feel like uh I can't think of in particular but like the Three Musketeers movie.
0: Yes,
1: I was obsessed with him, and I think by the time he hit Batman, I was like, I'm over it. Well, that's because
0: terrible. That's <laughs> because <laughs> Batman. Because it was
2: terrible, because because
1: terrible. It was terrible. but I, for whatever reason, I was so attracted to him, and it was less about oh, you were. Oh, I did. What less about him as an actor, and more about him just the way he looked. Um, kind of like oh, how this, he is
0: your type. Yeah, yeah,
1: boyish good looks. Um, but do you do, do you prefer him? you know with the short hair or the longer hair the
0: short hair i
1: like the longer hair especially in this movie i think it's the perfect early 2000s haircut for i think
0: it was great for the movie it made sense it made (laughs) sense for the character
1: because he's he's out in right he's a he's a nature photographer right right? like Like it does
0: show i think both of them it's interesting their their hairstyles really do show where Mm -hmm. they are in In, this space you know in the beginning. She has these cute little bangs. She looks mm-hmm. a lot younger and just kind of like a free soul, free right. spirit and, and stuff. Got, like, and then, of course, this caps. terrible thing happens. And now all of a sudden she looks much older, much mm-hmm. more ruddy. Her hair's all chopped off. Yeah. You know, she's a different person. And he is kind of, you know, the... Athletic, like yeah. boy next door, mm-hmm. you know, rock climbing, yeah. very with his nice guy, and friends stuff. with everybody. Yeah, and then he goes from that into like nature photographer in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. You know, so it, it tracks.
1: I also want to say on her styling in the movie, I really appreciate it that they, she had a very like ruddy outdoor yeah. look. They didn't put her in makeup, like yeah. she just looked very natural. That's how that character would have looked. I was really grateful for that. They didn't slap any makeup on her. The French Canadian woman, and I am sorry I'm forgetting her name, um, she had a lip gloss on and she had those really thin like very overplucked two thousands eyebrows uh which was kind of a shame but no other makeup so I appreciated that. But yeah, so Chris O'Donnell in love with him but that first five minutes they show him and he's climbing and he does not here's the thing about O'Donnell, he's never really been ripped. No. So he's he's climbing and I'm like I don't know I not know. all
0: climbers look ripped okay
1: because I was like he doesn't have an athletic build and he yeah, looks his have arms look really build. scrawny I know you need a good grip
0: actually and that's all, I Rip would say a lot one. and maybe of...
1: smaller guys would be better for climbing because they could
0: well a lot of climbers will end up looking really small too because they're very scenery. Very yeah and like
1: lean but also if big people it's if you're big and muscular it's hard to like yeah. lift that weight around so I did have that thought while I was watching and like him climbing but that first five minutes at first I thought it was kind of cool it opens up you're following the hawk through the desert it was a beautiful shot of the mm-hmm. whatever wherever they somewhere in the American desert I'm assuming yeah I'm assuming
0: like Utah or I don't know yeah, yeah
1: beautiful but the the hawk looked really kind of cgi at so points.
0: yeah it is it is turn of the century film
1: it's a y2k film
0: so yeah some of the in fact i think the worst shot is at the very end when chris o'donnell is standing there oh in the mountains, it is the, the backdrop wearing is an, like, obviously
1: wearing a wig because this was like an afterthought we're like we probably need to get a memorial it's the shot.
0: most awful. It's, uh, obviously
1: on a green screen. Yeah. It's terrible. No that was. So no should, I
0: I agree it doesn't that, look That was great. an afterthought
1: if I've ever seen one. Well and
0: yeah but I mean the just in general the uh the special effects are of of a time.
1: Yeah. So it wasn't so bad but it was noticeably bad mm. um and then like you've got these shots of this so this family is rock climbing right and they're all kind of strung together and Something happens, and these two idiots, mm-hmm. uh, uh or, I shouldn't call them idiots—amateurs above them fall, mm-hmm. and then get caught on the dad. Mm-hmm. And so it's a string of—and—and and what I didn't realize was this foreshadowing the the drama of the entire movie. All this movie is is a string of people dangling from great heights about to die.
0: It's not all it is, but, that but does
1: that's happen. a lot of it. There's that a lot happens. of it. Um, so there they are dangling, and um, there's a lot of close-up shots of people's faces. <laughs>
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And the sound and the, the melodrama, but like like the big the close ups of Robin Tony's face and the yeah. dad's face and it's so that's much of a that's very much of a time
0: too though it's that's so very nineties. But the idea of setting, I I think it is a great opening scene that gives it, you it would, exactly it, it, the what pacing you need. was good
1: in that opening scene. I thought right it and
0: it did they did good. You I feel like you see this family, you get them, you understand that this is a thing that they do together and have always done mm-hmm. together, and it's part of it, like it's who they are and I think it makes it a lot easier to go into three years later somehow they're on Everest like or I'm sorry they're KT, on K2, they're on K2. Um, but somehow they're you know in this climbing world and I it's easier to buy into it seeing because they did it their whole lives that they had exactly and their, dad had was a really their whole lives known climber and, and of course yeah. it sets this dramatic showdown for this is why they haven't seen each other in three right. years and it allows them to come back together and all of that so I do feel like uh, so we were talking about Morbius last week Sure. And I was saying that one of the worst things about it is terrible pacing and there's like no real setting of the world and you don't know who these people right. really exactly. are and it they kind of tried in weird ways but it never came together and it was paced funky yeah. this to me was perfect in terms of just setting everything up. Yeah. It's a great beginning setup that is also entertaining and kind of shocking to watch you know you don't know what you're getting into in the beginning mm-hmm. and you don't it expect terrible what, you don't,
1: i didn't expect to ha- what happened yeah to happen.
0: and it's it's an awful thing to yeah. see to think about happening yeah and,
1: and then and then you have this moment where right the dad is dangling and the other two climbers have fallen and they've got this the cam's third, gonna give the third and... cam's gonna give and he has to say look you have to cut the rope mm-hmm. but the son has to do it because he's the only one with the knife and yeah, it's really it's really melodramatic, but it should be because I just think it's pretty fucking intense. It's, yeah, because it's an action movie, it feels a little over the top to me. But again, the movie is of a time.
0: Yeah, it's of a time, and I think it I think
1: action movies are a little more subtle now um. than this one.
0: Oh, I don't think so at all. Uh, what are you talking about? Maybe I don't about? watch enough action movies. Yeah. The Michael Bay movie <laughs> oh, is out yeah, and everybody's no talking
1: shit. about it. Maybe I need to watch that. And, and all
0: Michael Bay is is like beautiful close up shots yeah. of people looking shocked. Yeah. And then slow, slow mo scenes of cars exploding maybe and shit.
1: acting from Chris O'Donnell wasn't what I needed it to be. That could be. Maybe that's
0: what it was. It was definitely his close up was bad. Yeah. Like yeah. his close up where it he's was, basically looking at the camera mm-hmm. like,
1: I don't know. And he's Not just like in the look great. of horror. Yeah. Um, and then I thought then they, the next thing you see after he cuts the rope is <clears throat> this beautiful quiet scene of the yeah. desert and then a body
0: just dropping which I just I just love that and then so cuts over the top.
1: No, I think it's great. So, things that I loved about this movie. One, I thought and I don't believe the science of pulmonary edema was correct in how it was portrayed here. What do you mean? I don't know. I was reading some stuff about like this isn't actually how it looks. It um, may
0: not necessarily have been exactly how yeah. it looked, no. And honestly, I'm still not clear on how they had such bad edema but didn't develop haste. So there are some things about it that, yeah. Are, it, but it really wasn't that far off. Okay. I mean, they were at...
1: They were, so they 26, were at 26,000 They were
0: at the bottleneck. They were at twenty six, a yeah. little over 26,000 yeah. feet, yeah. yeah.
1: So is K2 more dangerous than Everest? It feels it's, to me like it is.
0: Number one most dangerous mountain in the world is Annapurna. Okay. And K2's number two. Okay. So, That's and right K2's right. the second tallest mountain in the world. So, yes. of the top five most tallest mountains, mm-hmm. K2 is the most dangerous. I think it's Annapurna, one in four people would die I think climbing. It, this is and the K2 same. is, I think it's, I think it's like one in five.
1: I, I read one in four this morning. I think on it's the one in
0: But there are a lot of different things that factor into how they determine the okay. most dangerous. The dangerous I mean, they said nobody summoned it in 2009, 2010 because of the um
1: disaster that happened in 2008 and then yeah. i guess in 2009 and 2010 a skier fell to his death a famous skier fell to his death death in the bottleneck and yeah. then finally they had people summit in 2012 i guess yeah
0: okay. the the thing with k2 if i recall which i'm pretty sure is true k2 is mostly dangerous because of weather at where mm-hmm. it's situated, the weather can it's shift really dramatically tr- and stick around it's, for a long period of time. So if you get up to a certain... And the bottleneck... So the bottleneck is nothing but seracs. Um, okay. So if one of those falls... Like they show it in the movie as an avalanche, and it is an avalanche, but a serac is really like a house-sized chunk of ice, essentially. Yeah. I, yeah. So if that goes, that's... You're done. Yeah. And you're just And you have to climb them, too. So that was one of the reasons I think that they weren't able to climb in like 2009, 2010, was a lot of the CERACs had fallen away and melted away, and then you have nothing to actually traverse either. Okay.
1: Well, so what I, one of the things I really liked was that it felt like the the, how treacherous this actually is was very well portrayed. All of the dangers, and it wasn't just when they were on K2... Um, when in the beginning of the movie you see Chris O'Donnell and his, he's doing his nature photography and the snow leopards and that was all cute and everything, and then he and this other, <laughs> he and yeah. this other guy are headed back and all the guy does is trip and he just breaks his leg really badly on some rocks.
0: It's funny. I feel like. You know, you were talking about the beginning being so melodramatic. That, I think, is the bigger melodrama very, of it all. I thought all.
1: that felt very... Oh, you mean the, the snow lovers?
0: No, not the snow lovers.
1: <laughs> the guy... How dangerous to it is. Leg?
0: It is dangerous. I am not but disputing that. that's the that. kind of
1: stuff that happens all the time. And it does.
0: It does. Just but it in felt regular... like every single thing that could happen to them did happen. Oh, sure. Like, it was a bit much. Sure, but
1: I... Like, so you see that in the
0: beginning, and it's like, here we're
1: setting the scene, and we're in a very treacherous part of the world where there isn't a lot of... Medical care is not nearby, and you're going to have to ha- get choppered out, even in a space where Chris O'Donnell was initially when he was just with the snow leopards. Mm-hmm. Um, so that happens, and then I... But yeah, like, it's... They're they're hanging off of the sides of cliffs, cliffs. They're, like, falling and then just sliding down a bunch of ice, and they can't stop, and they're trying to stop yeah. themselves, and they can't. They fall into a crevasse, and they're, like, trapped inside of there, and then they have... The whole thing with the nitroglycerin, we're going to need to talk about that. Yeah, but anyway, I know. that was some, some fucking action movie shit. But the other thing I really appreciate out of this movie, there are two things. That's it. The, the <laughs> other thing, these things happen back to back. This movie completely blows its load at one hour and 45 minutes. It's like a slow, like, ache until we get to this moment. Um, the first moment is a scene from, which, again, they blew their load on this, from the trailer where Chris O'Donnell is running really fast and then flying through the air with two axes with to axes like to it, yeah. get on the side of like a cliff i'm like okay that looks really badass that looked cool oh. and then the other thing that looked really cool Do you know how hard it would
0: be to run at that elevation? i
1: know exactly <laughs> he's already breathing something and then the other thing i thought was really cool was when they're inside of this it's like bill paxton and robin characters character inside of this crevasse and they need to like signal to the people out and they oh, the they need to send like a they're gonna send a flare up but they don't have any it was like they needed something else I don't know why but they end up taking a bag of blood out of this dead guy which I don't know how they even would have done that he might have been frozen at that point who knows so and there's not blood everywhere there's not blood all over Bill Paxton somehow he's able to get the blood in the bag and so it like shoots up to the surface and like explodes and there's just like this giant splatter of blood I was like yeah that's kind of cool but those things happen back to back and I was like that was the most
0: excitement for me well, I mean, it was almost over after that. I
1: guess, yeah. So it was downhill from there. <laughs> there <were> Fifteen <laughs> minutes. It left was downhill, after that. and then it was like, uh, well, one, a couple great moments, and then it was downhill again. Ouch. And there wasn't enough Chris O'Donnell, and there wasn't
0: any oh. fucking sex. Like, no, there wasn't any sex. How is that? Uh, that uh, that's okay. They were on a mountain. <sighs> I don't think you should be. Maybe a base camp. You can have a little.
1: So you remember speed, you remember how there was this great kind of like chemistry between Sandra Bullock and Keanu Reeves. No. That's what I need in this, a movie like this. I don't, I don't even fucking, but it would be nice to have people who seem like they're attracted to each other and there's a sexual tension. You
0: are the reason why they wedged that stupid, bizarre romance the feature in there. The kiss was so dumb. It would have been it was so much better if they had glorious. just completely ignored no, that. No, they shouldn't have done the kiss. The kiss was stupid. That's what I mean. They, they, not everything needs to have a romance element. No, I know. But it's nice when it does. No. Really?
1: <laughs> watch a a fucking romance. romance it's just like an adventure movie where like bad things are happening and people have to survive and when you're surviving like there are some things you need you need food you need shelter you need water and you need sex
0: no leah no i don't think anyone who has ever climbed k2 has thought to themselves you know what i really need right now is sex?
1: You mean to tell me nobody's fucking at base camp?
0: No, I believe they are fucking at base camp. But how long did they spend at base camp?
1: I think they should be fucking at the summit as well.
0: No, like no. That's you can't break, break fuck the, the summit! Let's it is over eight thousand meters. Let's break. You the records. can't <laughs> physically fuck that, that. No, you
1: can't. It's like,
0: literally look, called the death I'm gonna zone. I'm going to go ahead
1: and challenge
0: all you climbing nuts. No,
1: get up, get up out there, get no. you some. Don't do it. so what so something clicked for you with this movie and you how many times have you seen it
0: uh it's so it's been years and years and years since I've seen it okay but at the time like back in the early 2000s a goodly number of times I mean I I feel like I saw it two maybe three times in the theater I know I owned it on video so I'm sure I watched it a few times after that
1: VHS out
0: yeah, I don't, but I don't necessarily, you know how there are some movies that you know you watched like every time you got sick or every mm-hmm. time you were, you know, yeah,
1: summer like break movie. or
0: yeah, something like that. It wasn't, I don't remember watching it as much as some of those, but, but yeah, I would say several to many times.
1: How did it hold up since you haven't seen it in years? How do you feel about it this time?
0: Um, Not great. Uh-oh. I don't know, it wasn't it wasn't bad. I think I do think it holds up the special effects not so much when they <laughs> first fall into the crevasse after the avalanche. It is so obviously incredibly fake snow. Oh god, yes. And that made me kind of crazy. Um knowing what I know now about climbing and about the the mountains in general. Not, it's obvious not, uh, that's obviously not K2. Even the backdrop mountains. Oh, really? Not, that's a bummer. Definitely not. Um, I, and I they think they did
1: film summit Or k it Or was it at Everest?
0: Neither. They filmed, they filmed in New Zealand, I believe. I thought that they were, maybe it's just some the of the shots from. the director is a Kiwi. Um, yeah, so it wasn't, it wasn't K2. I think a lot of it, a lot of. I know more about that world now. So I think that's one of the ways in which it doesn't necessarily hold up as much for me. Got you. Um, it actually, I, I ended up watching like maybe half of Everest after no. I watched this because I wanted a better climbing movie. Um, and what, what's funny to me is I watched Everest, 2015, mm-hmm. and even though it is about a tragedy, a mm-hmm. terrible tragic event people died Mm -hmm. it still made me want to climb because everything felt very real and watching Vertical Limit nothing feels real about it it's just a fun action movie do you know what I mean like it doesn't necessarily feel like a climbers movie it just feels like uh, like, kind of fun action. Yeah,
1: I mean, I've seen Everest. It definitely feels real, but of course, they're paying homage to something that happened that was really awful. So, uh, yeah. or not, not paying homage, they're actually, like, re- reenacting something like that. So you
0: know, though, we need to pay respect. to Ed Visters who made it a cameo. It was, that was him, yeah. Yeah, so he made a cameo in Vertical Limit. He was on the mountain mm-hmm. during the tragedy on Everest in 97, because mm-hmm. he was actually making the documentary Everest okay. with David Bashirs. Do you know what I'm talking about? The IMAX documentary? Yeah. They were filming when that happened. Gotcha. Um, and he actually helped with some of the rescue attempts, too. Okay.
1: Well, just so you know, it says it was filmed on location in Pakistan, in Queenstown, New Zealand, and the I think States. the
0: mountain, when they were on the mountain, I think is when they were in New Zealand. Okay. I think all of that location was Got New it. Zealand. And yeah. then Pakistan in the lower mm-hmm. regions, like like the Snow Leopard area.
1: So you're interested in climbing now more, and that this movie seems sounds like it maybe have sparked some of that for you.
0: I don't know. I don't know where the interest came from, but maybe because it was a big mm-hmm. part of my early two thousands. Yeah. So yeah, it definitely could be.
1: So I've heard you say that you're interested in Kilimanjaro. Sure. Is that is that it for you? You'd be like, are you, would you would you climb K two or Everest or um, Annapurna or any of those?
0: <sighs> Annapurna, I wouldn't touch. Um, I obviously am in no shape to do any of this. It's not I'm about 40 what shape years you're in now or how the old The biggest problem, the biggest problem with climbing Everest is you have to have tens of thousands of dollars to do right. it. Mm-hmm. If I had all the money in the world and I had the ability to train my body to do that, mm-hmm. which would also mean climbing much smaller mountains sure, in the in-between. Yeah. yeah, I would love to. I would love to.
1: So only, are we saying then that climbing mountains like this is a rich man's or the athletic man's
0: There's a lot of money. They they can
1: be supported or sponsored.
0: When you're talking about the the 14 peaks, the Mm -hmm. 8,000 meter peaks, there is a lot of investment that needs to go into it. I think Everest in particular, it's uh, been very commercialized. And it really, that is really a rich man's game. There are other mountains that you can climb without the same kind of investment, but the truth is is It's still gonna cost you it's gonna cost a shit ton. I mean this yeah. it's not like these are I mean we
1: can go to Colorado, right? But that's not the same game as like what this is.
0: Yeah, no, we we can climb the uh what, fourteen thousand yeah. or fourteen thousand feet. Right. 14, so 14 thousand feet as opposed to the 8 thousand meters which is what yeah. 26 27 thousand
1: feet I think it's like eight eight thousand you're looking at like 28 29
0: thousand I don't think it's 29 I think it's 27 28 maybe anyway the I point think, is, like, is between
1: Everest and um I'm gonna google it but I'm because I just read all this stuff this morning so the numbers are kind of running together so k2 is at 28 everest is at 29
0: what is 8 thousand meters though that's 27
1: right? k2 is 8,611 8, meters, right. Mount Everest is 8,849 meters.
0: 8,000 meters is the death zone. And okay. that's what I'm saying is like the yeah, 26, yeah. 27,000 so feet. I don't remember where exactly okay. in there. But. Gotcha.
1: All right. And that's where your body can't handle the thinness of the air. And that is why you get pulmonary yeah, edema. Yeah,
0: you're getting like a third of the oxygen. And that that's why the
1: edema happens, because your your lungs aren't expanding as much. As much. And so, like, the outside forces are crushing them is that what it is
0: there's a lot that plays into it but that's yeah it's part of it
1: okay so you would if you could take the risk and climb k2 and mount everest
0: everest yes k2 i don't know but some of the others like um maybe broad peak like that broad peak is in the same range as k2 i believe okay um so there are others that look none of that's easy. <laughs> but that maybe are a little bit less dangerous mm-hmm. than like K2 and Annapurna. I got nothing to prove. It's not like I've been doing this my whole life, right? Which I think most people who go there they got something to prove, obviously. Mm-hmm.
1: Um because they And I'm not that like person. Like lifetime climbers exactly. who are just like, "Hey, I'm And you're looking just, for the challenge." The and game, when I say something to prove,
0: pitch. I don't necessarily mean something to prove to the world. It's more like this you is just thing you take you, do you take you crazy challenges, yeah. You take crazy risks like that and challenges like. That. But the truth is, is for me, I I don't even know how I would react to elevations of even fourteen thousand feet. Sure. So would I love to do that? Absolutely. But for all I know, I would climb Kilimanjaro, and it might almost kill me, right. and then I might be out.
1: I mean, I so. Is this the only extreme thing? Because to me, this is, this is extreme. When you're talking about going somewhere where you could die and where the, the odds are high that you, when one in four people die, mm-hmm. that's an extreme risk.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, are there other things that are along that same line of risk or that are maybe, I don't know. I'm just not, I'm a very risk-averse person and I'm terrified of heights. So, so you would never All cry. of this is like, no, fuck no, no fucking way um even the whole like rock i mean we were in joshua tree and y'all are climbing on rocks and shit and i'm like no 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 yeah um like i'll hike for long distances that sounds like fun i'll ride my bike that kind of stuff but if we start to go up you're done (laughs) i'm done and you know there are other things like people like get in a fucking cage in the water with a shark no i would love to do that fuck that No. no i would
0: definitely do that that's
1: pretty safe leah
0: that's and really like, pretty safe.
1: You would probably have to be in a big boat in the ocean to even get out there, and I would just be so sick on the boat. Like, I
0: mean, that's that's a legitimate concern. If you're many, not going to have fun doing it because you're going to be sick, that's too why many I'm saying physical
1: symptoms of you know. That my I biggest just,
0: concern about climbing would be how my body could adapt to the right. elevation. So yeah. that's why I mean, like, if I if I got sick, mm-hmm. man, mm-hmm. when I'm sick, right. I'm done. Yeah, I can walk. I can move through all kinds of pain, but if I'm sick, I am done.
1: So, are there, but are there other risks that you would take?
0: I would love to be in a cage with sharks. Well, I mean, the sharks are on the outside of the cage.
1: Right, exactly.
0: Um, I, scuba diving, snorkeling kind of scares me.
1: Self-contained underwater breathing apparatus. Correct. Snorkeling scares I've been snorkeling.
0: Because I feel like. You're just like, on the surface. I know, but in my mind, I could suck water in through the snorkel.
1: Oh, you might, because some people will dive down with a snorkel on and then come back. Right, down.
0: that freaks me out more than actually just just give me just attach the oxygen to my person and let me breathe through. <laughs> I, I won't scuba the scuba. I won't scuba, and I would do that. I won't.
1: You know what? I would scuba in a pool, and that'd be the extent of it. Mm. I would do the like the you training in like the, the pool, training. and then I'd be like, "Fuck it, I'm We'd not getting." I'd be certified
0: it. to never go not anymore. getting. The- so scuba, I would do. I the idea of cave diving actually really appeals to me, even though it is one Spelunking. of the most deadly things. Oh, I mean, like, scuba cave diving. Oh,
1: yeah, no. No, hard no.
0: One of the most, like, dangerous, potentially deadly things that a human can do. Um, But there is something really beautiful about it and really... I think I'm not typically a claustrophobic person, but really, really tight spaces that you might not be able to get back out of does mm-hmm. scare me. So I think that's the thing that would... Definitely maybe keep me from that. No, but like other stuff, I don't know. Like I, I've been skydiving. It was, it was whatever. Um, I would do, you know, bungee jumping, cliff diving, I think it'd be fun. Um, I wouldn't say that I'm necessarily a big risk taker. It's just, there are certain things that seem really cool. I think something like climbing, one of the reasons why it appeals to me is because I feel like, I can do it. And what I mean by that isn't that, like like I said, I, I haven't been to that elevation. I don't know if my body can handle it. But I feel like I can climb as opposed to, you know, doing something that involves, fuck, I don't know. Okay. American Ninja Warrior. Sure. You could train to do that stuff. Yes. yes. The most terrifying part of American Ninja Warrior for me... Would be landing. Anytime you come off of something, you have jumped from some area and you land, I immediately think of my poor knees and how they're going to, like, hyperextend and collapse and it's going to be terrible. That kind of stuff scares me. Climbing, I don't have to jump. Mm -hmm. I don't have to land because of that. I am just using my strength to move up. Um, I typically, me personally, I have more upper body strength than lower body strength, I would say. I... It's more of a mental game, and I feel like I have, in general, I feel like I have greater mental capacity than physical capacity. Mm -hmm. So the kind of puzzling together which route to, and this is more in the Mm -hmm. rock climbing realm, but kind of which which route to take and thinking it through, um, I'm a little bit better at, and it appeals more to me than other physical things. I'm not good with team sports. Mm -hmm. I don't and I don't want to say I'm not a team player I just mean I don't I don't always see how I fit into teams and it can create a lot of stress and anxiety for me to feel like
1: it all comes down to
0: just this one game and all these people are relying on me and you don't necessarily have that in the same way unless you're purposefully climbing with a team that is going to rely on you in that way I mean I'm not saying you don't have some of that but you can also just climb on your own yeah. And he just fucking climbed. Reinhold Messner just mostly climbed on his own. He crossed Antarctica on his own. That dude's nuts.
1: Yeah, I just I think for me like all that stuff sounds really cool and I'm not it's not that I won't take risks, but my risks are always they're always going to be calculated or lower stakes or more safe.
0: I think it's less about the risk for me and more about proving to myself that I could do something. Sure. And pushing myself. So, you know, I've talked a lot about my anxiety and like the panic attacks that I have are usually triggered by something physical inside of me. Like, uh, oh, I all of a sudden feel dizzy. Oh my God, I must be dying. Mm-hmm. I panic. If I'm involved in an activity where I am taxing my body and I'm feeling some of those things, but with reason, with cause, mm-hmm. it doesn't create as much anxiety for me. And sure. it actually helps teach me that my body can do these things right. and move through you these things. I can handle those
1: things. I got you.
0: And I get that from what I do in terms of the different kinds of workouts that I do Mm. and stuff like that. But I I just can't imagine what it would be like on a mountain. There would be no room for the kind of anxiety that I experience. Mm -hmm. I don't believe there would be any room for that because you you just have to be in the moment every moment. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that could be good for me. Yeah. So it's all very, you know, obviously I haven't done any of this. It's just Dreams, and I'm of a certain age where who knows if I ever will. I could probably. I feel like I can make it to, like Kilimanjaro. Yeah, I think you could do that. Rainier, or you know, you there just, are other places that I can go. In to. order to
1: do that, you're gonna have to do the other thing that you're not, you don't do a lot, which is plan ahead. Yeah, yeah. that's Like you gotta true. say, I'm gonna do this next year, and this is these are the steps that I have to take in order to make it.
0: Happen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, I know. I'm not good about that.
1: But that doesn't anything. mean you can't. This would be good practice. Yeah. So, I talked about the things that I liked about the movie.
0: Oh, you're going to dive right into the things you don't like now? Is that what's gonna, Is that what's about to happen? I mean, it definitely, it was definitely
1: boring in some parts. Like, oh. it, there was a lot of the same kind of shit happening. Like, and, okay, the whole, so Sister and three other people are trapped inside of a Kervas because they're going to summit and they're going to do it in conjunction. It's like a marketing campaign with some, like, flyover deal or whatever and this guy tom mclaren he's the best climber amongst them all and then bill paxton's character is kind of like kind of doing it and there's this backstory of like paxton was on k2 and i don't think he summited he had to, he had to stay up there overnight or something and he ended up coming back down um and he was survivor. i think survivor. they got caught in
0: a storm yeah. right
1: right and he was the sole survivor and there's this character who's like the grizzled old climber guy montgomery wick wick played by Scott Glenn and he doesn't seem very trusting of Bill Paxton's character and you don't find out until later on it's because his wife was on that um team team with Vaughn that's Paxton's character and he suspects that super he, he used all of the decks for himself so that he could survive and then his the, yeah. that the wife had died and he I
0: think the and, dumbest part of the movie is that they actually th- found her they find her i know that was the real dumb super oh, convenient look, suddenly she's there and he can see that and in fairness i will say you certain mountains you climb i mean it's the same route mm-hmm. you have to take the same route every time so there definitely are bodies along the way mm-hmm. in places you know you're not oh, going to be I, able to yeah, bring those absolutely. bodies are their bodies
1: used as markers on everest
0: i don't know if they're necessarily used I, as but markers they but they are
1: there yeah yeah because you can't get them off the mountain because it's Exactly.
0: Helicopters can't go up there. No, and you're and not going to be able to drag them If you're back already down. above the death zone, exactly. yeah. Right. Um, but the way that they found her <laughs> where... She's just standing there. We just blast up, right. away from some snow, and that's where she was, and right. she just happens to be standing there. <laughs> so... I ha- also love that he can, like, take the ring and put it Right, in exactly. It's, it's just... Dumb. The whole thing is just ridiculous.
1: So the whole piece of it where, okay, sister, McLaren... And Vaughn, trapped in the crevasse. Annie.
0: Her name's Annie. Annie.
1: And they play Morse code with the walkies. I don't think
0: they play Morse code, but yes. They, they use communicate. Morse code with
1: the walkies to find out that she's still alive. And these other people are still alive. And they're, they're going to have to get into that into the crevasse to get, get them out. So the the grand idea that... that Chris O'Donnell has is, well, we'll blast him out with nitroglycerin. Right. We'll
0: take We'll take a um, a mountain that is filled with saracs along this route, and we will blast it apart. Right. And... <laughs> it makes a lot of sense.
1: Easy enough access to these nitroglycerin bombs, because he happens to be friends with the folks in the Pakistani military. Right, he just made, made nice with the like Pakistanis. like to wake up the Indians at... 3 p.m. every day, which is really fucking funny. Like, I really enjoyed that part where he was like, "Yeah, time. we hate the Indians, but we love the tea," you know. And then, yeah, oh,
0: what did he say? He's like, it's, "It's have some tea. It's Indian, of course. it, it, it might be at war yeah, with them, but be we're be not savages. Yeah, we're not idiots." Yeah, like
1: it's still the best tea. And then, like, oh, 3 p.m. time to wake up the Indians. And I'm just like Christ. So, oh, and and it's this nitroglycerin bombs are stored or these devices are stored inside of this little shed. And then, of course, there's nitroglycerin leaking, so we have to have a moment where someone is standing in it, and we have to, like, show the explosiveness of the nitroglycerin. Don't move! Take the boot off! Throw the boot! The boot explodes! Oh, that's crazy! And that was my favorite character from the movie, Skip. Loved Skip the Aussie. He was my fave. So, all of that leads to them, there are three teams of two, each with... A uh, device filled with nitroglycerin that they are gonna
0: backpack full of take it. up this no. mountain,
1: but and even to just get on the mountain, they are to get dropped off by the helicopter. That's a whole thing. That's a whole drama.
0: Yeah, which in fairness, the air is so thin up there. That's why the helicopters sure, can't go but up. but it was
1: just insane. But the
0: the part where the blades are some coming so close to her, and then she runs back it's to the ridiculous. other side. It was yeah, it was, it was too much. It was, it too was ridiculous.
1: ridiculous. So there's that, and then. Then these nitroglycerin devices have been inside of the shed this entire time. But for some reason, the light hits it. The light hits it in a certain way and the shed explodes. And that's how they realize you can't have it in the sun.
2: sun.
1: Why do we not? It's not like nitroglycerin is new. It's not like this is a thing that we didn't know anything about. I mean, they didn't know anything. Apparently about, but... they didn't. But, like, so the Pakistani army just has these devices and, like, nobody knows anything about them. And now the sun's shining on them and they're blowing up. And then... So, first
0: of all, I'm going to go ahead and say, I believe that. That. <laughs> <laughs> I think mean, all militaries throughout the world have random shit they work with they that they, they just don't know anything no about. No idea how it works.
1: Yeah. And the nitroglycerin itself, I was reading, nitroglycerin itself is actually clear. But in this case, the natural listener is, like, Mountain Dew yellow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, that was great. just looks like an acid, and it's just rolling around everywhere and blowing
0: up shit. But, so, it looks like a, like old-school ectoplasm. Yeah. That's I like was waiting
1: with. for somebody to get blown up, and I really did appreciate the part where the two guys absolutely did get blown up, and they were, like, laughing and joking, and then it was, like, I boom, and, like
0: blood splatter. love that part for two reasons. One, when they're trying to communicate over the radio, and they can't quite understand what he's saying. Right. And you see them standing there, and they're like, Peter, come in, like, what What are you saying, what are you saying? And then the moment they hear, like, nitroglycerin, will blow, get <laughs> out of the sun, the looks on their faces <laughs> when they just, like, run yep. for cover, I love that moment, that cracks me up when they're just like, oh shit, and then they go, and then, yeah, you have a moment where you think, oh good, they're safe, and Kareem is just I loved him. such a sweet, like, yes. Oh my god, he has these puppy dog eyes, mm-hmm. and I love him so much. And he's of honestly of everyone in the movie, probably the one I would want to survive yeah. the most. <laughs> he's, a, he's he's the best just, of them. He's just a good guy who's going up there for his cousin, yep. and so they're they're safe, and they're kind of bonding over the fact that they're safe and everything's cool, and, <laughs> and then they fucking die, and it sucks and it hurts, <laughs> but it's also this big grand explosion, and it just came off of what I thought was like a really humorous moment, so that. That full, like, minute and a half, two-minute chunk right. got, like, got to me. Felt I, I, that. Yeah.
1: Another thing I thought was really dumb was when the whole time he's been back and forth on the walkie with his sister as he's gotten closer to her, and when they do find the area that has been marked with poor McLaren's blood, yes. <laughs> instead of just walking to her and being like, and I know that she had to get the whistle. I know she had to have the whistle so she could blow the whistle uh-huh. so they could find her, uh-huh but there was also a note with the whistle that uh-huh. just said bang
0: yeah you have the ability to write a note and that's all that you write like not i love you not it's like
1: bang like or not bang bang is coming or, or not coming. like
0: i am going to explode this area <laughs> stand back cuz if i had gotten a note that said bang i'd be like what's that what does that mean bang? like do you have a, a gun yeah. are you going to shoot some? what is what yeah. do you mean bang i would not have gotten from that take cover just so dumb
1: so they bang it open they bang and then it. they're trying but at this point she's basically like in in a, unable to help herself out so um and and what's his face bill paxton's character is like all right i'm gonna be a good guy and i'm gonna help tie her up and we're gonna get her out of there and they're trying to get her out but they can't and the rope the the axe is the, the whatever is stopping the rope from being loose let's go and then of course Montgomery wick shows up to save the day And he goes down there, and you think he's gonna kill Paxton, but he doesn't kill Paxton. So the whole revenge plot plot is just trashed at that point,
0: which is good, I guess. And then he shouldn't believe in vengeance. He's obviously a Buddhist. And then, and then
1: we end up where we started from the beginning: a string of people dangling from a ledge, and somebody's gonna get cut loose, and it's Montgomery, Wick, and Vaughn. So Vaughn gets his. Montgomery Wic is, Wick is at peace. Self-sacrifice—it's
0: beautiful. It brings it all together.
1: We we came full circle. We and, did, and so the that the is a sign of a great saved.
0: story. Yeah.
1: So <laughs> can we go back to? Uh, I really do think so. T- Tom Tom McLaren is really sick the entire time. He gets injured on the fall when they fall into the crevasse after this
0: avalanche, and he's real sick. He is sick, and here's. Here's a question for you, McLaren, for being such a great climber. Mm -hmm. Why don't you have oxygen? Mm -hmm. Why did nobody bring oxygen with them?
1: I don't know. These
0: were not, like, here's the thing. A lot of climbers, well, I should say a lot of alpinists, you know, like Mm -hmm. old school, won't use oxygen. They consider it cheating. None of these people strike me as those kind of individuals. Yeah, they seem pretty new school. So I don't understand why nobody had oxygen with them. I don't get it i don't know i also don't get and here's another big mystery for me peter cannot be the strongest climber no there's just no doing he hasn't been doing it for three years we don't even know if he's ever really climbed mountains we know he was in rock climbing and stuff but like i don't know where his focus was so i don't for a minute believe that he actually is like one of the only ones to have survived all of this if anything, he probably would have been, would one, have been one of the first fall off pretty damn quick.
1: But he had a reason. Like, he was going after his sister where all the others were kind of yeah, like... Yeah, as, yeah. As
0: as a film device. Yes, yeah. it works. He has more to yeah. work towards, more to lose.
1: I did like the brothers. Were they yeah. English? Like, I don't know what their...
0: Yeah. I, I would say so.
1: Yeah. Their interactions with the French-Canadian they're woman fine. were funny.
0: Yeah. And they but, were based on a real-life set of twins. Yeah.
1: But there was a really like there was a lot of just really shitty one-liners and things that were not funny, just dumb. And and I get it, it's an action movie, but it wasn't even funny. Like, like, yeah, I just didn't like. What well, I don't even remember. I what. don't
0: know, stupid shit. Like I didn't like I it. I mean, when, they had some weird joking around that wasn't like it was kind of funny because it was them, but it wasn't like they yeah, said. Yeah, I just
1: thought it was real stupid. I so overall as I'm watching it I'm thinking it could have been a lot better if they just was there was again the movie had everything they could have taken Mm -hmm. a lot of stuff out like and I the whole like Bill Paxton's character is a bad guy we already know he's a bad guy but then they kind of take him from a dumb bad guy who's just driven by money to a guy who's willing to off another guy who was gonna die anyway um with by giving him that syringe full of air so he kind of tipped over from like so did they do that so that we wouldn't feel bad when he died in the end? Like, I just didn't understand that piece of it. Like, the whole Montgomery Wick Vaughn revenge thing, I feel like you could have ripped that out. you took taken out this stupid crap with, like, the French-Canadian and Chris O'Donnell's, like, dumb romance that's not really a romance. I also really liked the bit where she has the broken finger and he starts talking to her and then he pops it back into place. That was kind of fun. Um, and make it more about, like, this, just the dangers of climbing on a mountain. Yeah. It would have been that much better and that much tighter.
0: I think that is why. I'm not saying it doesn't hold up. I still think it's a great, fun action movie in an area that you don't normally see being a mountain. Mm -hmm. You know, normally action movies are like, I don't know, in a big city or something like Mm -hmm. that. So it is still fun. It's a little bit dated because it has a lot of that 90s -hmm. feel to it. Mm Some Sort of how it was made but I do think it holds up. But the reason I didn't enjoy it as much, the reason why it didn't hold up as much for me is because since then we have better climbing mm-hmm. movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said it made me it made me just want to watch Everest again.
1: Yeah, it's been a while since I've seen Everest, but that's got Jake Gyllenhaal and Jason Clark, a few other people, but yeah.
0: Oh my god. A few other people. How about brought at Me? And um, who? How about Josh Brolin?
1: Like Josh Brolin, I know. I was just talking
0: about. I know. Uh Who actually, the Josh Brolin character, uh, I'm blanking on his name, but he's a guy from Texas. And he lost both of his hands, I believe, maybe both of his feet, too, Mm -hmm. but survived. And it was Ed Visters who helped him down. Nice. From a certain point. He had to get down to a certain point just on his own. But anyway.
1: There was something else I didn't like, but now I can't remember what it was.
0: You were just talking about Everest, though. You yeah. did you did enjoy it or you didn't? I oh, feel like I, you didn't I, like it. I thought I, you I were like and I don't get it. it was just
1: really really sad and hard is to sad. watch. Oh, I know what it was in Vertical Limit. I don't like it after the avalanche, the initial avalanche. So they're trying to summit. Storm hits. Like everybody's telling them to come back. Paxton's character is like, no fuck this. We're gonna keep going. And that's how they end up getting yeah. stuck in the avalanche and like stuck in the crevasse. And after the avalanche hits. They're all in this tent. Everybody's very somber, and there's one woman just crying. And I think Skip tells her like, "If you're get gonna do that, get outside." I'm yeah. like, "Fuck!
0: What the fuck?" He's is this? right though. Oh come He's on! He's absolutely right. You are not helping anyone right now. She's crying. We've lost in the corner. We've lost communication with this team. We don't know what's happening. We don't know that they're necessarily dead, and you're making it seem like they are, and you're not helping, and you're bringing everybody down. She Get wasn't the fuck sobbing; out of here. she was just. Like, she was everybody <laughs> could tell, everybody could see. I agree with him. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> That's kind of harsh. Get the fuck out of here. Way harsh, dude. I'm but, with him on
1: that. But yeah, so Everest was like I definitely remember watching and thinking this is fucking brutal. Like the conversations Jason Clark was having with the woman who was playing his wife on The Walkies. I was just like, fuck, this is
0: awful. Like. I think that 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 character Rob Hall these were all mm-hmm. real people of course um he met his wife climbing too so she you never expect to die mm-hmm. when you do this thing if you expected to you wouldn't do it right mm-hmm. but anybody who does that kind of high stakes activity you know it could happen yeah so as hard as it was to watch and to think about what their communications were were like like she knew that it was a definite possibility. and by the yeah. time it came to the end when they knew he had been stuck up there for as long as he was, she knew you had
1: time to like they they have time to get used to the situation and it's not a sudden yeah yeah and and they had chance to say goodbye. I mean, there's all of that, but I think part of the reason why maybe some of this stuff turns me off is that it is. I don't know. Maybe this is the wrong comparison. It is the wrong comparison. I'm not going to do it, but. (laughs) Well,
0: now you have to do it.
1: I mean, you're, I get that this was sort of like his, like a thing that he did and it was his passion or his livelihood or whatever.
0: Both for him. It was both.
1: But he has a family um, and he's putting his, putting his life at high risk.
0: So there is, there are two documentaries I would recommend everybody watch on Netflix. One of them is 14 Peaks, mm-hmm. which I, to, I know I told you about because I was yeah, really excited you, when I saw about it. the
1: Nepalese, Nepalese man who. He
0: put together an all Nepalese yeah. team and decided that they would climb, they would do the impossible. Everybody mm-hmm. told him it was impossible to climb all 14 of the 8,000 meter peaks. Um, his plan was to do it within a year, I mm-hmm. believe. And it had never been done before. And everybody said, God, no, it's never going to happen. And he, not only did he do it, he did it with an all Nepalese team and he did it in 6 months and 6 days. Yeah. He summited Two or three mountains within 48 hours. It is fucking unreal. Yeah. And he was so, K2, you know, the biggest reason why. I think they might have been the last team in... to summit K2 as well. It was in
1: like 2021 that they it did it. It was 2021. Yeah. But
0: not only were they, well, one of the reasons why they were one of the last ones is because almost nobody goes to K2 but in the in summer. And it's only in like July and August. Right. Yeah. And he did it in winter. First yeah. time it had ever been summited in winter. What month? I don't remember off the top of my head. Okay. But it was winter. Um... So that is a great documentary. And for anybody, you don't have to be into climbing. I yeah. mean, this is somebody the whole point he called it Project Impossible because everybody told him it wasn't possible. Mm-hmm. And not only did they do it, but like blew the timeline out of the water. And the things that you hear about this guy and just what a physical specimen he was and how like he, he helped with certain rescues even in the midst of climbing these mountains. Mm-hmm. Everything it's it's a great doc. The other one, the alpinist, which is also on Netflix right now. Great, great word. It is a fun word to say. It's kind of like pianist, Mm -hmm. but I actually like it more. Alpinist. I do too. Um, About this guy, a kid basically. I mean, he was in his early twenties. He he liked to climb, and he liked to climb alone, and he didn't want. So he's one of those people who there are there are climbers who um, are in it for? I wouldn't say that they're in it for, but they want to turn it into a living. So they'll, you know, do a lot of social media work and they'll try to get endorsement deals and like they would really like. and sponsorships and they would absolutely welcome like a documentary crew following mm-hmm. them around because that's how they make their living. And this kid was like, "Nah, bro, I just want to climb." <laughs> like, he didn't mm-hmm. want any kind of attention. He didn't want to talk to anybody else. But this documentary crew decided they wanted to make a documentary about him because he was breaking records. He was. A great climber. Mm-hmm. So they had a hard time kind of following him, which makes it a really interesting show, too, or movie, I guess, um, to just see how anti-documenting uh, all this stuff was. He was he was of the opinion that if you're with me, I'm not doing this alone. Like, I understand that this crew isn't going to be helping me climb, but I, I need to do these things alone. I want to do them alone. Mm-hmm. So he would just ghost them (laughs) they were like supposed to shoot somewhere and then he would disappear and they wouldn't find him for a period of time. Rude. I know, right? Um, But they interviewed, of course, his family too. And they interviewed his mom and he was from Canada and he kind of grew up in not necessarily the middle of nowhere, but you know, there were a lot of areas to climb and stuff. With fur trappers
1: and whatnot. Right. He
0: grew up with fur trappers. Yes. (laughs) And his mom said, I think he had um, like a little bit of ADD and he had some issues where he didn't necessarily fit in school and i think she took she took him out and homeschooled him for a period of time and discovered that he just really loved nature and he kind of blossomed when he was able to go out and explore and hike and climb and everything so she kind of encouraged it to a certain point but he was in his teens when he basically said to her like i'm done i'm done with everything i just want to go out and i'm
1: just going to live shit. in the wilderness yeah i just
0: want to like like a fur climb trapper shit. and it's dangerous <laughs> and she knew it was dangerous but she supported him anyway because she felt like this is who he is and she was like it wasn't necessarily that i you know nobody wants their children to do something dangerous to Mm -hmm. do something that could get them killed i was scared of course that that would happen but this is just who he is this is what he needs this is where he lives this is how he lives like this is his thing this Mm -hmm. is you know and in the end spoiler alert what? Um, you just, they oh, basically you should watch it, but spoilers. you totally should watch it because it's still worth watching. They basically finished. They were planning on following him until he climbed a certain peak in South America, I believe. No, yes, yeah, I think. Anyway, mm-hmm. he did that. Documentary's basically done. They're finishing some stuff up, and then he get a call from his girlfriend who says he's lost. We <gasps> got a call from him at the summit of somewhere in Canada or Alaska. Um, they know so they know he summited and he never made it back down and they don't know what's going on so she called the documentary crew along Mm -hmm. with other people like friends family and everything and they went to I think it might have been Alaska but they went there to just kind of get some footage see what was going on and everything Mm -hmm. there was an avalanche gone never found him. I mean they sent a helicopter crew up to try to find them which was when they discovered that there had Mm -hmm. been an avalanche around where they Mm -hmm. were but they weren't able to recover anything. It was he was up there with some other guy too. Um, so so he was twenty one, twenty two, I think, when oh, he died. Wow. And it is hard because you watch something like that and you Live can't fast, help it. Yeah, you can't help but think like, was it a waste? You know, how much longer could he have lived? What other things could he have done if maybe he just didn't take quite as much of a risk? Mm-hmm. Um, but to hear his own mother and his girlfriend mm-hmm. and everybody say, you know. I never wanted to lose him, of course, but I can't imagine, like, I can't imagine who he would have been if he wasn't doing these things. You know, you can't strip away what makes you feel in life. It's very interesting to me, like, these really high stakes activities where a lot of us, who maybe don't have that same kind of excitement threshold, mm-hmm. the normal excitement threshold, we're looking at it and we're like, what is wrong with you? Why don't yeah. you just live a normal and these life? adrenaline
1: junkies who are like, this is what I got to do.
0: But yeah, live they, my they best just life. have to do it. And it's not always, I think you think of adrenaline junkie and you think of somebody who like has to do crazy stuff. Which I guess mountain climbing could be considered crazy too. But I think it's Personally, yes, I think it's crazy. I think there's more in it than just the adrenaline. I, like I said, I think a lot of it too is
1: It's an endurance sport. It's, it's just, endurance. It's, 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 it's to me, this what is a sport. can
0: I do yeah. with my body and my sure. mind. Yeah. It goes beyond just needing an adrenaline fix. Yeah, and the
1: same way that Olympians push the limits in yeah. the same way that And you know.
0: somebody like like Rob Hall, yeah, he started a business. He's he was the first one who started a climbing business to take people who aren't necessarily climbers up onto Mm -hmm. Everest, which of course now it's this huge money making thing. In fact, in Fourteen Peaks, the guy I can't remember his name. Nims. Nimjal. Yeah, I think it is They call him Nims. Yeah. He um according to the Wikipedia he's the one who took the famous picture from a year or two ago of the bottleneck up on Everest of Mm -hmm. so many people waiting to summit. I mean, it was like a hundred people just standing in a line waiting to summit. He's the one who took that picture. You haven't seen that? No. Yeah, it's definitely, it it was on like the front page of all the papers. I'm sure I've seen it. I'm sure you probably have. But he he and his crew knew that there were so many people who were sitting around at base camp who were waiting to summit. Mm -hmm. And they were like, well, screw this we don't want to run into like a bottleneck with all these guys so they left at you know one in the morning or something so that they could get ahead so i think they summited while it was still dark out or maybe right at sunrise something like that so they could get ahead of them and then yeah on their way back down they looked back up and they were like "Oh shit. holy shit <laughs> this is insane but that's how much of a touristy obviously you still have to be in excellent shape in order to do that I don't even but have... it's still a touristy thing like right. it's still basically it's
1: Yeah, you pay enough money, you can go do it.
0: Yeah. And there's
1: a lot of wealthy people who, you know, want to prove themselves and have the money and can do it.
0: So somebody like Rob Hall, who turned it into his, I mean, that was not only his life in that it was what he loved to do, but that's where the money comes from. Like, that's his business. That's his livelihood. Um, He was about to have a kid also. Like, (sighs) stakes were really high that was one of the things that they talked about in the book too into thin air is that the stakes were really high on that climb because none of his no one from any of his teams the year before had summited well nobody's gonna sign on to be part of his adventure group Mm -hmm. if they don't make it to the top of everest so like yeah they probably ended up pushing a little bit more than they maybe should have but it's got a kid to raise so that it was really sad. Not to veer totally off into Everest yeah, I like we know. just I mean, did. But I
1: knew we were going to have these conversations because I know that this is something you're really, really interested in. Yeah. I'm trying to think if I have any burning questions. Oh, so there yeah. are people who live on base camp?
0: No. like No. You just, there are people who like hang out there.
1: Like Rob Hall probably would have been there a lot because it was his business, right?
0: Um, So it depends on how long you're going to acclimatize also. But there are going to be people who are going to stay at base camp while you do your multiple runs. So there are people who are there for weeks or months at a time. But they're not living there. Mm -hmm. I mean, unless you have nowhere else to go, if you don't have another home and you just can't... Like, there are climbers who don't really have homes and they just go from place to place. And I guess you can camp out wherever you get a permit to camp out. Mm -hmm. And you do need a permit. I
1: thought in the beginning of the movie when they were doing the rock climbing Annie's like he thinks that i'm still 15 and chris o'donnell says something about being 15 too and i'm like are they twins
0: i assumed that he was older than her just because he acted like it and like his dad the way that his dad was like you need to take care of your sister right, and stuff right, made me think yeah. that he's you're gonna kill your one. sister
1: god i right. was so melodramatic you know what? It had
0: to be. He had to
1: convince him. <laughs> She's gonna die, Peter. Your sister's gonna die. <laughs> I, when they were inside of that crevasse, I was like, it's like Hoth, minus the Tauntauns. It really did feel like I'll they I'll were like. Hoth. Yeah. Um, I like the introduction of Scott Glenn's character where he's like, massaging his toeless foot which apparently That's that great. was a, a real climber's toeless foot yeah shit happens yeah
0: sometimes <laughs> you lose toes
1: that was incredible and then i also love it when he's like he's about to go back out there and he's like i'm just gonna dry shave this long ass beard right like, But not,
0: just, not cut his hair either no
1: i'm just gonna fucking take this razor to my dry ass skin and just like take and my- also
0: why would you do that you just <laughs> you could have been so much warmer
1: he <laughs> just kept it yeah, mostly there's a lot of stuff in here about, like, why is there just no fucking in this movie and where's the sexual tension? There doesn't have to be <laughs> sex in everything, Leah. <sighs> so, just because you need to get laid. <laughs> I'm trying to think of my favorite Chris O'Donnell, or, like, okay, so Bill Paxton, R.I.P. Mm-hmm. I think he plays this character very nicely, and I like seeing him play this kind of, like, gross like I'm um, after green, the money in the right? commercials cuz he does it he does it in true lies yeah. he does it in titanic like I think he's
0: really great that's his kind really of yeah at being somebody who you hate, but he's not mm-hmm. overtly bad. He's not right. a serial killer. He he's
1: not does murder in here
0: again. Not murder. It's murder. manslaughter at best. <laughs> but even if that had never happened, I think you still have the same feeling about him. Like he's yeah. great at just being that kind of kind
1: of a just a gross
0: dude. Yeah. Like yeah. you think he's a bad person, but you can't always put your finger on why. Because even if he does some dickish things, there are some people who their charisma would really see them yeah. through. But he's just like yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. Um. I, but I I. Probably in the heat of the pandemic when I was watching just a bunch of dumb shit, I think I might have turned on that movie with Renee Zellweger and Chris O'Donnell, The Bachelor,
0: uh, the yeah. one where
1: he's like has to get married or he's gonna lose his yeah. fortune. It's so stupid! Is it? Was it Renee Zellweger? I think it was. Just real dumb. Circle of Friends really was one movies. that I that was a, a good. I really liked. Circle I appreciated of Friends. that. I've always liked Mini Driver. Yeah, and he was great in that. Um. But yeah, I can't think of anything else. He was in a movie with Drew Barrymore where they played like love interests and she was like kind of crazy and wild. But and I, <laughs> I did when I first got Disney Plus last year, uh, I the first thing I watched was Three Musketeers because damn, that is a fun movie. I do movie. remember seeing that, that in a the theater fun too. Movie. Oh, I'm loving my it. god.
0: It's it's not good, but it's good. Like there's something about it that it's the perfect. And there's the song know, 90s, All for know,
1: Love. Yeah, so good. But I do I do love me some Chris O'Donnell. He I know there are a lot of really famous Chris. In Fried green tomatoes. Yeah, that's right. I um, loved him in Fried Green Tomatoes. There are a lot of famous Chrises in the world right now, and I just he will probably he's the Chris of my heart.
0: I mean, apparently he's. Still on NCIS Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. I don't watch any of the CBS well, ones. I never watched I like Scent crap. of a Woman. But he still looks good. I never watched Woman. I never Woman. did either. Yeah. Um, I feel like I should because I hear it's a great film and I And it's got Pacino. I'm a big Pacino fan. But um I am a firm believer that you will never find a better Pacino performance than in Donnie Brasco. <laughs> and I don't need to see Scent of a Woman, no matter how great he is in it, because he's never going to be better than he did was you as watch, Lefty.
1: Did you watch In Love and War with him and Sandra
0: Bullock? I was trying to remember if I, I'm pretty sure I did. But obviously, it didn't stick it, if I did.
1: Honestly, that would have been a movie that but wouldn't, because like that supposed out, to be,
0: it's kind of like, it's, He's. I don't think he plays Hemingway, but he's supposed to be Hemingway. Yeah, no, it's it a it Hemingway is, story. Is, he
1: plays Hemingway. He plays, it says, Ernest Hemingway. So, oh, he he is so but, that's what
0: I couldn't remember if it was based on the Hemingway story, which of course was autobiographical, but I don't think it was presented as autobiographical. So if he played the character that Hemingway wrote or if he was playing Hemingway. But yeah, I think so that's actually based on the true story. Yeah, of him being the ambulance driver. I, right. So like
1: this is a movie that I remember the trailer and being like, oh yeah, I'm really going to like that movie. Oh yeah. And I might have seen it, this is 1996 right that's Early why high yeah school. so that's why i feel but like I honestly now it. i'm looking at it and i'm like this is probably terrible and I maybe i should
0: watch it don't i'm not a big fan of sandra bullock school anyway. ties that's the other one um Men don't and leave, i'm not yeah. so i feel like sandra bullock has a great place in the hearts of all of us for certain I, films i still
1: haven't seen the lost city i'm real excited that's the kind yeah, of yeah i'd she like to see that doing. too i'm
0: not i don't dislike her but i don't feel like she's that great of an actress and I don't feel like Chris O'Donnell is a particularly good actor. No, and he's you not. put them together in a film in that a serious is, film, like a drama, uh, very dramatic and historical. And I just, even as a kid, remember thinking this doesn't feel right. No, no, you
1: know, he really was. It was like a flash in the pan with him. Yeah. Yeah. Really, that's why I'm
0: really glad... I'm glad he's working now. And I feel like a nice uh, CBS crime drama is, like, the perfect that's place of where he belongs. like his. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he's not a great actor, but he's pretty good. Like I said, he still looks good. Yeah. I mean, you know. But yeah. for some so, reason...
1: He's in it with, it's
0: with LL Cool J. I know.
1: But, but for, <laughs> for, some, for some reason, this guy who has these... Boy next door looks mm-hmm. and is just
0: a medium Beautiful actor eyes and...
1: becomes very popular for a period of time in yeah. the nineties and in the early two thousands and it just is mind boggling. um And I was trying to think of today if we have any actors like that who are just like
0: Timothy Chalamet.
1: No, just enough trashing Timmy. Enough.
0: I'm not. I'm sorry. St- did you just say like kind of cute boy next door mediocre I will actor? Not
1: stay- for it, Timmy Calamay is an incredible actor, kind of cute, boy next door, mediocre <laughs> actor,
0: one note, very one note. No, no, no very no. one note.
1: Um, I'm trying, but yeah, I don't know. I never liked Miles Teller, and I think he's gotten you know and what? I, and there's something Ansel- about Ansel Elgort. Either. I don't give a shit about
0: him. No. There's something about Miles Teller that makes me feel like he's a real prick. Oh, I don't know. Ab- he absolutely is a total prick. Is he, Like, I've never no. heard stories he about is, he him is. as a person. I read
1: an interview with him. I can't remember. In some big deal publication. And yeah, he came across as a fucking prick.
0: So, okay. So my feeling was right. Yeah, maybe. No, yeah. He's straight, was
1: a prick. He's a prick.
0: He, He's a good actor. He, like, there are certain roles that I've seen him in that, yeah, he really shines. He
1: kind of, same kind of look as Chris O'Donnell a little bit, but Uh, less attractive. I
0: don't see
1: it. Um, and he's had some popularity, and he's been in some better movies. Like, Whiplash, I haven't seen but I know it's very good. That's on the list, actually, yeah. Yeah, I know that's very good. It's actually on Hulu, I think, streaming right now. Oh. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, so yeah, I'm trying to think. If there's anybody else who's had this kind of like, I think there are a lot. We hurt. just
0: it's hard to think of them because We're they've not. disappeared, <laughs> and then you see them again and in like some CBS like, drama, oh, yeah, and you're guy. like, oh shit, yeah.
1: I love that guy. Interesting. <laughs> Whatever happened to him? Um, well, we watched this movie because we started we started talking about Josh Brolin because of Outer Range. Yes. Y'all haven't started watching Outer Range. Check it out on Prime. It's fucking incredible.
0: We were talking about Brolin. I was like, should we do a Brolin movie? Yeah. And then went straight to Everest, but of course found out Leah had already seen it. And I'm not sure, you know, if we were to do something Brolin-y, because you've definitely seen No Country for Old Men. Absolutely. Because that is one of my top five.
1: Brolin in Outer Range has given me strong Tommy Lee from No Country for Old Men vibes. I love that, that my favorite part of is the very end of No Country for Old Men when you've just got Tommy Lee Jones sitting at that table talking mm-hmm. about his dream. Yeah. Fucking hell, that's
0: good. I need to rewatch that movie though Me just because it, it's, it's seriously so one of my absolute favorites mm-hmm. and yet I haven't seen it in years. Maybe we
1: should do a very special episode about that one because I haven't should. seen it in That either. would be a good one. Yeah. Ooh, great, like great, that. great shit.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, the only other thing that I can think that I would make you watch of Josh Verlin mm-hmm. get excited would be The Young Riders.
1: <laughs> <I>,
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Loved that show. You want some melodrama? Some. In fact, I think it might have been a CBS show, Jeez. even. But come on, we got like period dramas. So it was all about. <laughs> it was all about like it's the beginnings of rich. the Pony Express. The young, but what they, they, were they did was, they were writers. what they did to make it even more fun was they actually like used some real people. So he actually plays Wild Bill Hickok before he really becomes Wild, Wild Bill. Bill. Was in the Pony Express? Um, uh, maybe. I don't know if there's a, if they know for sure that he was, but also like Buffalo Bill Cody, which I think, I think Bill, Buffalo Bill Cody actually did. A lot of people did ride for them in the very beginning. Pony Express only lasted like five years. Back in the day,
1: like there weren't as many people.
0: They're so when you true. have
1: a famous person from that era, they're probably going to have a lot done a lot. Of well, stuff. when you have they're somebody, they're going to be a great shooter. They're going to have room for the pony. I don't Express. know about that.
0: They're going to be known. It's the a a certain type of people they are, right? So we're talking about people who move out west, and they're adventurers. They're adventurers, but this is the Pony Express was a way to kind of yeah. capture young adventurers because the whole. Do you know the advertisements that they put out to hire people for the Pony Express? Mm-hmm. No, orphans only. We want young orphans. Oh, because yeah. they knew it was going to be that so dangerous. Hard. Yeah,
1: and then if you go missing, nobody's going to care. Exactly.
0: We don't want to have to like write letters home to your family, and that's that's just true. That's I mean, not that's necessarily the, part of the show. So they took the I show. Thought,
1: when I'm on a dating side, I'm like orphans only.
0: Well, yeah, I know you are.
1: <laughs> because when after I, after we
0: have sex in and then the basement,
1: I chop off your head and eat your body, a like going nobody's, nobody's gonna know. <laughs> yeah, or
0: care really. Well, they're
1: gonna know now because I just said I do well, that. Yeah, you probably yeah, should. Okay. You should anyway. probably cut that out
0: later. Right. So. It's actually a great idea for a show, right? Like, talk about the drama. We have a bunch of young, like, 20-something hot men mm-hmm. come on the show. Some of them we can, you know, kind of make up little stories about, oh, it was it was Wild Bill Hickok before he really became Wild Bill Hickok. Mm-hmm. So these are his formative years, you know. So some of them were kind of, like, the famous people. They have a variety of, like, maybe somebody is, like, uh, like, the character Kid was, like, from the Deep South, and then we also have to have somebody who was like a former slave and then we also have to have a crow indian and we're kind of pulling everybody together to get mm-hmm. some like diversity in the mix and try to create some drama in there but also of course is creating this like brotherhood mm-hmm. and then they have your sex so
1: Thank they have
0: God. they have one character who's a boy but is actually a woman dressed as a boy so that she can make her way in the world but um, she's having sex well she ends up falling in love with kid actually but she okay. has a little bit of a thing with jimmy too and like it's like a cbs drama it's not like there's oh, no full okay. penetration kind of yeah. sex okay but you know still like some like Dr. romance Quinn side sex. and then uh um fucks her face
1: melissa leo melissa
0: leo thank you this was like i don't know that it was actually her debut she'd been acting for a while it's the first thing i've ever seen her and it's pre-homicide which was where she kind of got most of her
1: homicide life on the streets
0: accolades yeah wasn't it homicide that she was in it was homicide. i don't right? know i'm pretty sure it was homicide it was one of those shows i'm pretty sure it was homicide anyway it was before that so yeah she was in like the first two seasons as like kind of like the mom character you know mm-hmm. she's the one who kind of cooks and cleans for them and stuff but there's a little bit of a love thing with her and josh brolin even though he's so much younger than her because he's supposed to be i mean they're supposed to be kids so really he's supposed to be probably like 16 17 mm-hmm. 18 something like that even though obviously they're in their 20s and she's I don't know, late 20s, early 30s, something like that. So she really shouldn't be fucking around with him. So. But it's so much fun. It's kind of like every single episode is just its own little story. And something always goes wrong, of course, you know, like they ride through a town and then the bank gets robbed in the Mm -hmm. town and they get roped into like figuring out the mystery. It's just kind of the classic.
1: So Josh Brolin, I guess, has done a lot of Western type work. I think because he, yeah, I think he is from Texas even. Oh, I don't know. I feel like he is. But his dad didn't do that kind of work, did he? Some, some. Uh, he's and so like it's only two episodes, but he's so good and out of range. It's so. I great. might watch it tonight. Yeah, you need to check it out. It's
0: if more episodes are supposed to come out on Friday. Did more come out last night? Probably, I didn't. So there might be four. I did. Hold know. on, we're checking it. It doesn't matter. I mean, who knows when you'll release yeah. this? You might not release this until November, and it might be probably all done. not.
1: I'm 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 my I'm working on my schedule. I only see two episodes right now.
0: Oh, that's a bummer. So, imogen poots imogen poots i did see lily taylor was in it love lily taylor there's somebody else who i can't remember i heard that the Will guy Patton. okay i heard that the,
1: it might be the guy who's created or directed or both um had done known some for mad men director narcos work as well
0: oh you know i feel
1: when are you gonna watch narcos
0: i don't know i guess i'll have to make you watch it it's in spanish right both. Okay. I mean, the guys from... So, the DEA agents, of course, speak English. Mm. Um, cool. But, yeah, since they're in Colombia, you have to... There's a fair amount you gotta read. Colombia.
1: Alright. Yeah, I don't mind that. Alright, so, once again, this movie has... It has everything. Everything.
0: Very formative movie for me.
1: Mm-hmm. But no sex. So, if you're looking no for sex... No sex. This ain't your, this ain't your movie. No, <laughs> no. But no. if you would like a nice this little blast from the past... film
0: is about... The truest romance of all, that with the unconquerable mountain, (laughs) forces of nature. Gross. Shut up. Yeah. There's
1: definitely a a lot of mountain fucking in this one. Chris O'Donnell fucks a mountain. Should be more mountain fucking. Go. Hey, people. This is Leah. My head is empty. I'm thinking of nothing but Timothy Chalamet and Dune 2 and what that might bring to us. Uh, if you aren't watching Outer Range on Amazon Prime, I'm sorry for you. Get Amazon Prime or get somebody's username and password for Amazon Prime so you can watch that shit. Um, really nothing else to say. Melissa Powers is fucking awesome and she made our fucking awesome music for this podcast. And you can see her playing with her band, Sisser, in the St. Louis metro area and in other areas around the St. Louis metro area. i I really don't have anything else to say i didn't have to work today and it was pretty nice give
0: yourselves a break give yourselves a break all right bye-bye